Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Peace is possible. Peace is possible. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. I'm hesitating just off the top here because I have a lot going through my mind. <laughs> First of all, with all the events that have unfolded this past week, um, I need to acknowledge something because I feel like we're at such a flashpoint uh, in our country right now, in the United States that feels a little challenging for me, that this is what I need to acknowledge. I, need, I want to acknowledge that we record, right now we're recording our services on Saturdays and then airing them on Sundays, and I actually have a fear. Yes, I'm gonna admit it. I have a fear that something will happen between the time we record this and the time it airs on Sunday that may be something that you might expect me to address on a Sunday morning if it happens. And so, if that is the case, this is the middle of the day on Saturday. That's the first thing I just need to acknowledge. This is where I'm gonna to start today. I'm gonna to start with just saying that I have been very challenged by the events that have unfolded this week. I'm really, um, I'm, I'm at a loss for how I can approach my experience of this world in many ways, and I am looking for something. Ministers also seek. We are also seeking. We are seeking the good. We are seeking the love. We are looking for that golden thread of love that is at the core of all creation, whether that creation is seemingly challenging or not. There is a golden thread of love at the core of all of it. And I believe, I believe, this is what I believe. I believe that we are the point at which all of this can shift. I hold firm to that truth. But I fear that we have allowed ourselves to give in to what I will refer to as an addiction. We have allowed ourselves to give in to the addiction of allowing repeating patterns of destruction, allowing repeating patterns of disenfranchisement, allowing repeating patterns of challenge. We are allowing these repeating patterns to, to persist in our lives, and we are hoping that something will change. That we're hoping that something will change. But here's the thing, we, each and every one of us, you, I, we are each and every one of us the point for change to unfold. The only way to make change is to engage. And I will admit, I am absolutely 100% guilty of being involved with this pattern that we are experiencing right now. Because in some ways, it is easier to disassociate, to watch everything happen on a screen and say, well, that's at a distance. That is somewhere else. I'm not involved with that. But the thing is, if I don't change my own life, how do I expect anything to change? I have lived through this pattern. I have deemed it other people's work. And it's not because I don't care, but because I've also fought my own battles. 
I have lived in fear for my life. I have lived, you know, those of you who are familiar with Tucson, which is going to be a lot of people who watch online, I have lived in fear. When I first came out, I lived in fear when I would go down on 4th Avenue, and there's a bar down there that I used to go to. Yes, I used to go to bars. Not so much anymore. But I used to go to to bars, and the thing is, it was a bar for gay people, and I would come out of that bar at the end of a night, and I would fear because I would be threatened by people driving by. I have been chased down 4th Avenue with people threatening physical violence upon me just because of who I am. Now the thing is, I get to hide behind the fact that I am a white male in this society, and I can pass. But I think about the people that can't pass, that live every day within their own skin and are threatened with violence, and it makes me sick. But on some level, if I am not actively engaged in changing the system, if I have deemed it other people's work, then I am just as much to blame for the system remaining the same as it is, and I am complicit in that addiction. My battle has given me strength. And I have used that strength for others. I have gone out. I've done protests. I have done those things. I have marched. I've never engaged in violence. That's something that I do draw the line at personally. I will never engage in violence. Because here's the thing. If violence is perpetrated on me, the answer is not violence. The answer is love. Today is a really hard day for me. You know, I've offered my thoughts in the past, in fact, just last week, I, I offered my thoughts on isms and phobias. Uh, last week, I said, you know, knowing the truth of who we are, really acknowledging and living that truth eliminates all isms and phobias. The thing is, it is active work to understand and to live that truth, to know who we are, to remember that we are this infinite divine power and that there is no thing out there that is separate from us, puts us all in that place of equality that place of equity. To know who we are naturally eliminates isms and phobias because I cannot fear the person I see out there when I recognize and know that they are the face of God. That's what I hold to. I believe that. When I truly know who I am, when I truly know that I am not separate from anything, I cannot think of any other as lesser. There is no less than. There is no greater than. There is only love. Now, I have a voice. I have a loud voice. I, too, I have a loud voice. And I can use that voice, and I choose to use that voice to combat ignorance. I use that voice to challenge systems of injustice. We are in a unique position. I just want to be really clear that we are in a unique position as a community of faith, because here's what I have recognized as I have done my own uh, research and looked at the history of this country, of this world. It, it is pretty much Consistently, communities of faith that have historically been the catalyst for social change more readily than political institutions. Now, it is not to say that we should not be involved in the politics of it, and I'm not getting into a big old political debate or telling you which side of any issue to vote on or which candidate to vote on, but what I am saying is become involved, guided by your faith. What can we do as a community of faith? What can we do? 
It is my belief that that is the question we should always be asking. What can we do? Never what can't we do? Why can't I engage? Why can't I do something? It is what can I do? The work is in what can be done, never in our excuses. When I relegate myself to the notion that there is nothing I can do, and I've done that, I have done that. I am operating from impotence and a belief in being less than. If I am, as we teach, the infinite power and presence of, div of the divine, then I am emboldened in myself to, to, to live the truth of my being. I can never be inactive in that construct. I can never live a life that is inactive or taking a back seat. I can actively engage in being the love, being the peace, being the light that I wish to experience and see in this world. When I am rooted in the truth of my being, I am called upon to act constructively in service to the whole. Knowing who I am, knowing who I am means that I recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt that black lives matter, love is love, women's rights are human's rights, no human being is illegal. I can't speak to the experiences of fears that other people face, but I know that when I look upon my fellow people in the world, my fellow human beings in the world, that I am a reflection of them, and they are a reflection of me. And so in that, re in that recognition, how can I be anything other than rooted in compassion and love? I can speak to the fear that I have personally faced, my fear of physical violence, I can speak to that the fear of not being protected by authorities, I can speak to that, but it is not about me. It's about deeply moving to that place of understanding that when someone else is treated with disrespect, it is a reflection of the degree to which I allow that disrespect to unfold. If it is in my sphere, if I observe something within my sphere, it becomes mine. It becomes mine. I own it. And it is my decision whether or not I do something about it. But I would like to encourage all of us to use our faith in a way that says, yes, it is mine to do. What is mine to do in this world? You may be asking yourself this question. How is this spiritual? <laughs> is this appropriate for a Sunday? What's the lesson here? And it really is this, search your heart for what is yours to do. Search your heart for what is yours to do. We are endowed with the power of God because there is nothing that is separate. We are endowed with the infinite divine power of creation because there is nothing that's separate. We need not ask the question, how can God allow injustice when we are God? 
We shouldn't be asking that question because I get asked that question. How can God allow such a thing to happen? It is forgetting that that is who and what we are. The actual question must be, how can we allow injustice? If it is in our sphere of awareness, for, it is for us to do something. That is divine right action. That is divine right action. Divine right action is rooted in the notion that when we need, that what, that, that it is rooted in the notion that what we need to do is expressing more of God's nature in everything, in our entire experience of life. We must be expressing more of God's nature. That nature is love. That nature is light. That nature is life. That nature is peace. The nature is power. That nature is beauty. That nature is wisdom and the like. God's nature is our nature, and we have been given this magnificent gift of choice where we can either align ourselves with that nature or depart from it. And I fear too many of us have departed from it, so I choose today to align myself more with love, light, life, peace, power, beauty, wisdom, joy, and know that when I am rooted in that centered space of awareness, when these attributes, when I recognize that these are our core attributes, when I know that, and I live that, then I am impelled into action in life to do the right thing. God has taken on unique individualized form as each and every one of us. So let us choose today to root ourselves in this notion and act accordingly. That is the ultimate act an expression of love. Love, the self-givingness of the infinite spirit to itself for the purposes of creation. That is what love is. And we are, when we are actively engaged in allowing that love to flow forth from within each and every one of us into expression in our lives, that is when peace becomes possible. That is when we embrace our fellow human being with the understanding that there is no separation. Let the nature of the divine actively pour through you. That is what I encourage encourage each and every one of us today. Imagine, imagine the whole of the cosmos stretched out above and around you. Whew. Right here, right now, you are tuned into the divine. Whew. Let us keep the divine circuits unencumbered. Whew. The reality of God is your center. Ours is an infinitely unfolding journey of awakening to that magnificence, the magnificence of the divine pouring through and expressing as each and every one of us. That is our unfolding journey. And part of our work, I believe, is to illuminate others, to be that light, to allow our light to shine to such a degree that it affects the entire world and the light of love spreads forth to embolden others to divine right action in their lives, supporting the good of the whole without exception. That is our work to do, and I can tell you that it is our work to do because it is my work to do. You are in my sphere, and so my work becomes your work, and your work becomes my work, and that is how we change this world so that we can live a richer, fuller, more aligned life in spiritual truth. And that will always 
that, that will always be limited to the degree that we turn away from others' suffering. If we turn away from others' suffering, we are limiting our own experience of life. Our work must become to spread the light of love, to spread the light of truth, and to eliminate to the degree that we can anyone else's suffering. And teach this lesson, that in the face of any challenge, and challenge is simply a perception, truly, in the face of any challenge, there is always a solution, and that solution is innate wholeness. Change comes through action. Action which is the result of thought, which is the result of belief, and activated through feeling. You are not, not a single one of us, no single one of us is relegated to live the life of the observer. You can change the world. Because one alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. Here's the question. What will you choose to do as a trustee of this divine power? Who will you choose to be? How will you choose to stand up? If it is in your awareness, it becomes your responsibility. Stand up now. I'm in, in fact, everyone who's in the room, stand up right now. Raise your hands and allow yourself to say, I need you to move over to the left or to, yeah, thank you. <laughs> As we stand here and allow ourselves to take in the power of the divine, recognizing that we are a divine circuit, I invite you to repeat after me. I am open and receptive to the truth. My entire being is a reality of God. My entire being is a reality of God. God is that which I am. God is that which I am. I live and act in accordance with my highest spiritual truth. I live and act in, accordance in accordance with my highest spiritual truth. I bless and am a blessing to the world. Bring your hands together. Just allow that moment. Allow that feeling. Check in with the still small voice to see if it is in alignment with the phrases you have just uttered. Check in. Know that you are a point of power for the change that is required for this world to become the place of peace that is promised. That is the nature of the divine. And so I choose today to stand up. I choose today to be the light. I choose today to be open and receptive to the truth that my entire being, the entire being of every single person I encounter, that it is a blessing to the world because it is divine. It is God. And that is the truth. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, 
unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.